0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Faith Bible Church. We pray as you listen to the following message, you will be encouraged and equipped to passionately pursue Christ. For more information, please visit our website at fbcevansville.com. Good morning, guys. Thank you for being with us this morning. We're going to continue on um, in our ACE class of Beautiful Feet. We are on, what week is this now? Seven, eight... I think it's seven hopefully this means no one's been counting which means it hasn't been too bad if you've been counting away the weeks okay there's only 13 weeks that means there's only this many left but i'm very excited to be with you guys and i I, uh, was trying to by contrast you know make things look a little more pleasing to the eyes up here so i have the strapping young fellow up here helping me this morning this this morning we're going to be working on uh, another gospel tool Uh, So the first five weeks we spent our time filling our hearts, filling our minds with the gospel, uh, preparing, you know, head, heart, hands, preparing ourselves uh, for hopefully having beautiful feet, Um, and now it's time to continue to work on the hands side of this, that you need to have some formal training, a little bit of development, so that as God provides opportunities and the Spirit leads, you feel a little bit ...more in a better spot to be able to serve. Obviously, God uses us in our weakness. We're not talking about you know, having confidence in ourselves... ...and that we've got it all together... ...and that things will go well because you feel well-trained. By no means is that the case, right? It was not the case with the apostles. It will not be with us. But Christ did not leave the apostles as he found them. Men took note that they were untrained and unschooled men... ...but that is not how Christ left them when he ascended. They had three years, of all hands-on-deck training... Right, and in, in those three years, there was some very practical, helpful instruction that Christ gave them in many ways uh, to prepare them for their ministry. And so, it's good for us as well. Um, there's there's nothing overly pragmatic or wrong for us to prepare ourselves to be ready to give a defense for the hope that is within us. Uh, so this Sunday, uh, we're going to be working on something that has maybe be maybe been one of the most influential tools. Um, for me as, as a growing believer and, and, and laborer in Christ, years on staff with campus ministry. And it's this right here. One of the most useful tools you may have in sharing the gospel is this. Anybody see what this is? It's just a napkin, right? Um, on the back of a napkin, I have probably shared the gospel more times with friends and people I love than on any other surface I can think of. And on the back of a napkin, which, of course, this morning we're talking about the bridge diagram, on the back of a napkin is the perfect opportunity, because many times it's when you're sitting down breaking bread, getting a bite to eat, whatever it might be, that you get an opportunity to share with someone that you know and love. And so we're going to be working on that diagram. A small story about the power of that. Um, Someone shared their story with me they uh, were on the way to walmart one time and a friend called them whose car had broke down so they gave him a ride and they were going to give him a ride home they're like hey i'm going to walmart anyways why don't you just come with me so the friend tags along uh, goes to walmart with them and on the back of his grocery list as a conversation breaks out the friend starts drawing the bridge diagram for him as they make their way from frozen food section to meats to cereal or whatever it was, and just slowly filling it in, slowly having the conversation right there in the grocery store at the local Walmart. And by the time they were at checkout, of course, friend didn't know it, but this young man was being gripped by his sin and understanding that he wasn't right with God. And by the next morning, with that little illustration on the back of his Walmart shopping list, um, not because of the illustration being great, not because of the person who illustrated it being great, but because of the power of the Word of God and God calling him, he came to Christ. It's so simple. It's so profound all at the same time. So this morning we're going to work on the bridge diagram. Last week we talked about uh, using our personal testimonies, the power of the personal testimony, and even the ability to customize that. Um, The bridge diagram, hopefully, I have found in many ways to be one of the most clear, concise, Christ centered ways to share the gospel. So, we're going to work on that this morning. Um, thanks for joining me, buddy. Uh, he's going to be playing the role of um, my, my friend that getting an opportunity to share the gospel with. Um, so, these are by no means your answers, but the answers that you've heard over the years from others, right? We don't want everybody walking away thinking, oh my goodness, does this guy know the Lord? Um, but just the answers you've heard over the years are the answers that um, you thought many times over the years as you're answering these questions um, alright and apologies in advance I'm trying to use technology so you guys can follow along uh, if you got one of the little pass-outs, by the way, I'd encourage you to get one. You guys are going to have an opportunity to flex these muscles yourselves here in a little bit. So I'm just going to kind of walk through it a little bit. Feel free to take notes. Obviously, you can draw it one time on one side, flip it over on the back side, and then practice with whoever you're next to you know, later. I'm hoping to have you know five to ten minutes for each of you all to, to be able to do that yourselves back and forth. Uh, so I'm just going to walk through it one time. So if you want to take notes, practice through along as we go and then you guys are going to have opportunities to do so yourself. Um, a lot of times what I have found to be a helpful segue to this, of course there's many ways you're going to find yourself in the situation where you're getting an opportunity to share the bridge diagram with somebody. But one of the most helpful segues for me over the years has been when you're in a spiritual conversation, one way or the other, a lot of times there ends up just being a mass amount of confusion for the individual. Where it's just, you know, well, there's just, there's just so much and the word of God, even the lady at the well, you think of the lady at the well John 4, she goes, well, you know, I mean, who, who, who knows to say what? When the Messiah comes, he'll sort it all out, right? And you get that a lot, where someone will just kind of dismissively move this along. Well, there's just too much in the Bible to really understand what it all means, or what it's really all about, or how you're supposed to be right with God. Um, we just don't have time for that. Um, and that right there is a perfect opportunity, actually, for the bridge diagram, often I have really enjoyed, I, I stole this from somebody else, I'm sure, um, that if if you could ask them, if there is one verse in the Bible that would actually make the entire gospel, what it means to be right with God, or what God is communicating, everything in Scripture, clear and just one verse of the Bible, kind of summarizes it pretty well, would that one verse be helpful to you? If you could understand in one verse how to be right with God, would that one verse be helpful to you? And of course, most of the time, I would say nine times out of ten. Hopefully hopefully they're going to say, yeah, absolutely. That would be helpful for me. It's like, great. Well, can I, can I show you that one verse? A little illustration with that one verse. And then, of course, then you're, you're rocking and rolling. Um, and then, really, you want to set the stage for the one verse. So as you're talking to them, you know, first and foremost, you want to talk to them about, okay, well, really, what the whole Bible is talking about is that we are made to have a relationship with God. That man... Forgive me for my terrible handwriting. That's the one flaw in this morning. You're going to have to deal with my terrible handwriting. So I'm so sorry. Um, My mom used to joke that I should do what Doc Hobb does, but I did not have the guts nor the brains to be a doctor. Um, But I do have the handwriting for it. So man was made to have a relationship with God, but there's a problem, and that problem is described in Isaiah 59.2. Sometimes folks will write that. Down in here. Um, uh-oh, I did something. Um, and Isaiah 59.2 describes your sins and iniquities have cri- created a separation. Ooh, that is bad. So sorry, guys. Has caused a separation between you and your God, right? There's, there's division in between us, right? There's no longer that intimacy restored. There's a break in the relationship. and We can't have this right relationship with God that we were made to have. Uh, and so the question is, is, what are we going to do? So God describes that in Romans 6.23. That's that one simple verse that we can take a look at and have an idea what to do. Uh, so a lot of times I like to write out the verse. Uh, forgive me once again because this is going to look very bad for you guys, but it will look better when you do it. Um, and so you can just write it out. This is another opportunity also to shamelessly plug Scripture memory. Right? Uh, having this verse memorized is going to be so helpful to you um, because you Obviously, you always have your phone. You can pull that out and pull that up. It's so much easier these days than it was back before the smartphone days, right? Because you weren't always necessarily going to be packing your Johnny Mac in your back pocket, right? That's too much to carry around. Of course, they did make those nice little pocket-sized uh, ESVs, and it used to be fun to carry those in your back pocket, and then they got rid of JNCOs, and it's hard to fit those in pockets anymore, too. Um, but Scripture Memory, shameless plug for that. It's helpful to memorize, hide God's Word away in your heart. Um, so first half of the verse you just want to write the first half of the verse i would say okay you want to stop there because you don't want to give away the, the, the good end right you don't want to give away the ending uh so for the wages of sin is death for the wages of sin is death four and then after really i always try to approach this in a way wow i'm bumping it with my hand so sorry folks um I try to get involvement in this as much as possible. Um, And so that's where you can begin to make this more of a conversation, uh, more than a monologue. Nobody likes to be talked to. They like to be talked with. For the wages of sin is death. I know this is really bad. Mike, you're laughing at me. (laughs) It's so bad. Uh, But you're getting the idea, right? All right. And now the hope is, and somewhere along the way I'm clicking different colors. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wages, sin, death. So this is where you can begin to make this more of a dialogue than a monologue. Okay, folks? Um, I guess I'm too low. Won't let me do that. Okay. And the dialogue would go this way. Is Okay, there's, there's a lot of words here. Let's work together here. Uh, I'd love to get from your words how you're understanding what God is communicating here through Scripture. Wages sin death. When you think of the word wage, what do you think of? How would you define wage? Or when is it that someone gets a wage? A wages. Sorry, can you guys grab that mic there for us? It was right over there. It's Mike's mic, I think. I didn't prepare them well. This is my fault, not theirs. I
1: can yell. If
0: well, once you say it, I'll repeat it. They'll keep working.
1: Okay. Uh, you asked me. Can you get your dad's
0: mic? On? Oh, yes. Oh. It sounded like it was on. <laughs> Ooh, that, that? That sounds like a hot mic. Mm. so really this is Mike's fault, is what we could say. <laughs> Absolutely, that's good.
1: <laughs> there we go.
0: Okay, wage. How would you define a wage?
1: Uh, a wage is something that um, you, you earn through work. Yeah,
0: so you work a job, yeah. right? Mickey D's, would you like fries with that? So on and so forth, right? And every two weeks or however often you're paid, right, you earn your wages. And if you don't get paid your wages, are you going to be upset?
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Do you deserve that money? I do. Yeah, you worked hard for that money, Mm -hmm. right? If you don't get paid, you're going to quit that job, right? I'm not going to keep doing that job because I earned that money. So a wage, absolutely, I think that's a great definition. A wage is something you earn. What about sin? How would you define sin? That one may be
1: Hmm. more tricky. Sin is doing bad things. Bad things? Yeah. Okay.
0: Things that are morally wrong there's some morality Mm -hmm. here absolutely Um, matter of fact uh, sin in some of its original context I I would agree so we'll say it's it's bad right you can write it down I would encourage you guys write down what they say okay Um, it's bad it's wrong sin actually um, in its original context because I know it's kind of a weird word other than you know if you grew up going to church how are we gonna have familiarity with sin but it actually had a contextual meaning back in the day Um, where it was an archery term, right? Hmm. And um, if a person were to shoot a bow and arrow, right, and they were to hit a certain spot, right, on the target, there would be a distance measured between perfection, which is the bullseye, right, and where they hit. And that distance in between would be called the sin distance. It was a measurement between you and perfection, and interestingly enough, in order to bridge this gap, to have this right relationship with God, God says the same thing about us. In Matthew 5:48, he says, You therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, who in the world is going to be able to do that?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Perfect seems like a pretty high standard.
0: Right? To, to yeah. err is human.
1: Yeah, everybody makes mistakes, right?
0: Everybody makes mistakes. No one is perfect. So sin is, yeah, it's, it's wrong. It's, it's, it's morality. It's, it's imperfection, right? Falling short of the glory of God, as some verses in the Bible describe. But God's standard is absolute perfection and holiness. And actually, we don't want God to lower that. If God were to allow imperfection in heaven or sin into heaven or sinner into heaven, would heaven be heaven?
1: Hmm. well heaven's perfect right heaven is
0: absolutely god is there right and so god is good he is just previous weeks we talked about who is god who is man right god is good god is just in order to uphold his good righteous standards of perfection so okay what we have earned because of our sin or our wrongdoing or our imperfection your descriptions of the verse here is death now are we just talking about Physical death, we're talking about spiritual, eternal things here as well, you think?
1: Mm. Well, everybody dies, but the Bible is about spiritual things, so I guess they're talking about spiritual death here as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think this definitely includes physical death, right? That is one of the consequences of sin, Um, but we are also talking about eternal things here, spiritual things Mm -hmm. here. So using your own words to describe this passage, because sometimes it's hard to really kind of be able to ferret out, okay, what is what is this passage saying? Your description here is, is that um, what I or you earn or deserve as a result of our bad wrongdoing, imperfection, falling short of the glory of God, is eternal spiritual death. That's what the first half of this passage is saying, which, of course, that's the bad news, so don't worry, there's some good news coming. All right, there's some good news coming. And well, the good news... Um, is often just is elusive. Um, So let me lay that out for you. Okay, this is the case for all people. Matter of fact, just three chapters earlier than Romans 6 is Romans 3.23. This isn't just a isolated thing where it's just me or it's just you. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. So it creates this division. Every single person on the face of the planet has this same problem. There's this separation, this breaking of the relationship with God like we talked about in Isaiah 59 nine two. So the question is, is what are you gonna do about it? How are you gonna get a right relationship with God when God is telling us in his word that because of our sin, we deserve spiritual death for eternity? Hmm. What do you do?
1: Well, I mean, I go to church every Sunday hmm. and I try to follow the 10 commandments whenever I can, whenever I remember them. I mean, I'm, I'm not as bad as a lot of other
0: people. Absolutely, I would agree. Stop sinning, go to church. What else? Anything else that would be helpful.
1: I think that pretty much covers yeah, it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would consider. Good. I mean, I would consider myself a pretty good person.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Would you consider yourself a perfect person?
1: Mm, not perfect, because nobody's perfect.
0: Mm. Nobody's perfect. I would agree. Um, all. Human beings, regular human beings, are not perfect. So a great way to think about this, you see this division here between man and God. Um, you've described something um, that I would connotate to a friend describing to me one time as trying to fill the Grand Canyon. Uh, if you were to picture this division between you and God, you know, as you, know, you a person standing here at the precipice of the edge of the Grand Canyon, um, and God, you know, over here is your hope is, is I want to get over there, all right? I want to get over here. But you're standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon, and you're thinking, okay, I've got to create a bridge because it's too far for me to leap. It's too far for me to get there on my own, so i got to get there. And you start looking behind you, and you're like, you know, there's a lot of rocks back here. So I'm just going to grab these rocks, and I'm going to throw them in there, and I'm going to hopefully fill it up so that I can then walk across and get over to God. That is the equivalent of me trying to equate my church attendance to get me right with God or to stop sinning or to um, be better than everybody else. is casting rocks into the Grand Canyon just hoping that those pebbles will bridge the gap when in reality it is an eternal void that I can never, ever hope to bridge. And that's what God is saying here in his word is that for the wages of sin is death and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God— what I deserve because of my sin, even if I were to sin just one time, even if I were to stop sinning perfectly forever in the future, it doesn't take care of the sin I've done before in the past. I'm now imperfect, and I cannot have that right relationship with God. And so I, along with you, I'm like a man sitting at the edge of the Grand Canyon casting pebbles, hoping and wishing that I could get to the other side, and it'll never come to be. It'll never come to be. But there is good news. And the good news is the second half of the verse, so we won't leave you. We won't leave you hanging any longer. Everybody's going to get to enjoy my fantastic handwriting again. All right. So, but the I'm just going to write the key words. The free gift of God. uh Oh, did it again. The free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. I would encourage you to write it all down and write it much better than I am. But I'm just going to stop right there. Circle, once again, the key words. I would go, you can do gift or free gift, God, life, and then write them down once again. So once again, I'm just going to let you kind of, in your own words, give me your best understandings of of these words so that we can understand this passage together, okay? Um, So first and foremost would be free gift. most of the time I just write down gift, folks, and then I let free be the description of gift. Um, Gift, God, life. Now, if you'll notice, a lot of times I'll point this out to him, um, or, well, I'll point him out to him later. How would you describe a gift? What is a gift?
1: A gift is something you receive from another person.
0: Mm, It's received. I like that. You get it at your birthday? Yeah. Do you, you deserve your gifts on your birthday? Careful. You answer this to your qu- kids. I mean, you know, it is my gonna, birthday. It's going to be a very different question. Is your birthday today? No. Oh, I thought you were saying no, it was your I, I birthday. That's why he's so excited for you. Okay. Keeping up the... Okay, okay. keeping it real. Yeah. Oh, okay, throwing, <laughs> throwing me off. Um, yeah, it's something you receive. Uh, mm-hmm. Even the, va- the verse itself there, actually, you see that. It describes the word gift, free mm. gift. It's free, right? So a gift isn't something we earn or deserve. Mm-hmm. It's freely given. Freely received. Interesting. Hmm. You notice that's kind of the opposite of the one on the other side, right next to it there with yeah. wages. What about God? How would you describe God? Hmm. That's a big question. That's a big <laughs> question. You can see how this illustration, by the way, can lead you on many rabbit trails, so you have to be careful with your time. Hmm.
1: Uh, God's supposed to be the creator of the universe, right? Absolutely. Creator. I like that. What else? I don't know, God's kind of like a,
0: supposed to be like a divine dictator type guy, right? I would say that he is most definitely in charge. Absolutely. They're going to throw curveballs at you like that. <laughs> Watch out for stuff like that. I did. I used to throw curveballs. Absolutely. So he is, um, he's a ruler, mm. right? He's in authority. Absolutely. I would completely agree. And would you say that, just like if you're noticing we're kind of getting synthesis and antithesis here, um, these being opposites, would you say that God is perfect? Would you agree that he is perfect without sin? Yeah. Yeah, or at least that would definitely be God's description of himself. Some people are going to disagree yes, with yeah. you there. Um, right, God is perfect. He is without Sin And then once again, do you think we're talking about just physical life here? Or are we talking about eternal life, spiritual things here?
1: Seems like he's talking about eternal things. Yeah, a-
0: absolutely. This is a great opportunity to talk about, you know, you can get into John seventeen three, and this is eternal life that they know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent, right? It's all about personal right relationship with Christ. That's what God is talking about here. Is having that personal, intimate, right relationship with them. And then often, just walk them through, once again, through their own description. Okay, here through your own description. What this passage now is saying is what we deserve and have earned because of our imperfection morally, spiritually, and otherwise is eternal spiritual death. But the free, undeserved gift of God, who is creator, ruler, perfect, is eternal life but the question once again, and I'll pose it to you again. I often give them two chances to answer the question to see, are you getting it? What are you turning to? What are you trusting in? How are you going to get there? How are you going to get this amazing free gift of eternal life that God is answer offering to you?
1: Hmm. Well, if I'm looking at the verse, uh, which is it really looks beautifully. like it, yeah, <laughs> I can't read it. Uh, It looks, well, it says that it's supposed to be a a free gift. I can't say that's what I've heard before. thought I was supposed to, there's a lot of stuff that I was supposed to have to do in order to be a Christian, but, I mean, the verse does say free gift.
0: It does. It does. So the question is, is how do you get this free gift, Um, and what is the free gift? Um, Because if man sinned, man has to die, for the wages of sin is death, and so the question is, is who is going to die for your sin. And that is actually the end of the verse. And a lot of times I'll write through Jesus Christ our Lord, right, in that moment. Um, so I'll, lead, I'll do it in three steps. First half of the verse, for the wage of sin is death. Kind of the meat, middle of the verse, but the free gift of God is eternal life. And then end of the verse, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, the through moment, you get opportunity to talk about faith, being in Christ, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. A great opportunity to talk about what it means to place faith and trust in Christ. Um, and so that's when you begin to bridge the gap, is that there's no way for us to be able to be right with God. There's no way for us on our own, right? We'll be casting pebbles the rest of our lives if we are hoping to make ourselves right with God. But through Jesus Christ, our Lord, by placing faith and trust in his completed work at the cross, that he lived the perfect life that we couldn't live, and though he deserved and earned eternal spiritual right life with God, he died for our sins at the cross and paid what we earned by dying at the cross and paid our spiritual debt. The question is, Is do you trust him? Are you trusting in your church attendance and trying not to sin anymore, or are you willing to place your faith and trust in what Christ did at the cross in order to be right with God? Uh, there's. An opportunity as well. I've seen some folks do this. Just you kind of have to feel out a little bit where you feel like the individual or the person is. There's a there's an opportunity to challenge. There's an opportunity to evaluate. Okay, where's someone at? So I've seen someone some folks at times do like kind of a, a spiritual temperature gauge. You know, one, two, three, four. Would you say that, you know, one, this is something that's, you know, of no interest to you whatsoever. I've just tolerated this conversation just because I'm a polite, great human being. You know, two, this is of interest to me. I, you know, I might like to talk a little bit more, but I'm not sure about it. You know, three, I, I want to investigate these things. I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know, curious about this. Might even be open to doing a Bible study. There's an opportunity for you to set up, right, segue to let's meet weekly, talk about these things. Right now you're setting up a Bible study opportunity with this friend that you love. Uh, four... I don't know what's holding me back. Absolutely. I see for the first time, right, in my life that this yeah, this is this is it. This makes sense. I, all my life I've been going to church and for some reason, right, and they're right there, right? Um and there may be a, a real opportunity there to trust in Christ and five Caleb this is old news. I grew up going to church. I, you know, went to a camp blah blah blah. Uh, you know, there was a period of time where I saw my sin, understood that I wasn't, you know, right with God. Trusted in Christ. This is how my life is look. Right, they got a clear testimony. This person is a believer. Praise God. Five would be, you know, I'm in, in Christ. This is old news to me. I've been walking with Him, enjoying Him. Where would you say you are? Right, it's an opportunity, and then you can kind of circle. Right, okay, yeah, I'm a, I'm a three. Well, that's awesome, man. Fantastic let's make that happen. Let's do something. Uh, what does Wednesdays at 8 a.m. every week look like for you, or, or whatever it might be, right? So there's a real opportunity there um, to be able to set up. Hopefully these are opportunities for more opportunities down the road. It's kind of the hope and the thought. Um, so taking this fantastically written um, and, and great, uh, great handwriting illustration, I want to give you guys an opportunity to do the same. I'm going to um, pray. My hope is, you know, find someone that you're next to um, or go find somebody and be next to somebody and have an opportunity. We've got 20 minutes. It's perfect. So 10 minutes and 10 minutes. That was my hope um, to be able to practice this illustration. Uh, the hope is, is that if, if you haven't done it before, when you get in the moment, right, we don't want to be a distraction. We don't want to be able to put all the attention on Christ and on God's word. And once again, you don't have to have any confidence and how well you do this illustration. It's not about that, right? Paul made that very clear, right? It wasn't with wise or persuasive speech that we came to you. but wrote, with a demonstration of spirit and power, that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Our hope and our trust is in God's word, and that by laying out God's word in front of them and giving them an opportunity to wrestle with God's word, that God, if he so chooses, will do his thing through his spirit, and he will save. Right, so our hope and our trust is in the Word of God, not in how well we do an illustration, because we're we're never going to do do it, you know, perfect, uh, because we are not perfect. So let me pray, and then give you guys an opportunity if you guys would play um, once again, just a little bit of soft music, just to clear the silence. Um, give everybody; it'll be ten minutes. One person share ten minutes, the other, and then I'll wrap us up. Let me pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord. For your gospel. Yeah, we thank you that, God, you became a man. You sent your son, Jesus, to become a man, to live the life that we couldn't live, die the death we deserve to die, so that through faith and trust in Him, we might be right with you. Lord, we confess that I think for me personally, these moments come and pass by sometimes, and I do not take advantage of them. And we pray that just that we would be so encouraged by One, falling in love with you deeper and deeper every day. And two, enjoying you intimately in your word. And three, being refined and and feeling more confident in you, Lord, that these opportunities would be ones we would seize for you, for your glory and for others' good, God, that they might know you. Lord, we pray that this time of practice would be helpful, would be sharpening. And that, Lord Jesus, you did not leave the apostles as you found them. You trained them. You developed them. You changed them, first and foremost, through the gospel. And they became new men, changed men. But, Lord Jesus, you molded them and you developed them. And we want to follow in their footsteps so that we, too, might have beautiful feet. Lord, we love you and we pray these things in Christ's name.